This is The Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! Got a bit of a uh, snafu, or I had a bit of a snafu this morning, but now the computer's all set up. And I have new a computer, a new yeah. computer, our no, new technology. I'm in the M1 era for those who are Mac users. Uh, any case, happy pre- um, pre-Independence uh, Day, 4th of July. Yay. And uh, we are sponsored, of course, by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. Of course, we always want to thank Central Works for sponsoring the A and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara, for everything that she does for us. And we have a fantastic guest, Brenna Kimmerly. I haven't seen you in a while. How are you yeah. doing, Brenna? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. No, it's great. It's great. You're a fantastic singer and actress, and you'll be doing circus at Cabrillo Stage. And oh, that's nice. going to be really, really interesting. Yeah. Sounds like it's a brand new musical. Is that right, Brenna? Yeah, it's uh, it's actually a workshop of a brand new musical. Um, it's very, very exciting. This is my second workshop ever. So um, <laughs> really, really cool. The first one I did was actually yours. Reg. Um, oh, uh, Nia. Nia was, yeah, that was my first uh, workshop of a musical. And uh, I really, really like it. I love that process of creating something new, being a part of the creation process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really exciting. <clears throat> it is cool. And I remember um, I did, a, I think it was a, pro- a thing called 1713. That was a musical. It was sort of a stage musical. We were all standing and just doing it. And I worked with James Eigelhart. That was really, really cool. Um, and it is. It's a fantastic process. And we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about you. But as I begin every podcast, Norman, how's your week? <sighs> it's, no, it's I can't say hot. I cannot say hot. I talked to my sister up in Portland yesterday. I'm like, we stole your weather. So sorry. But I am hot today because I went. I don't know if you know about the tool lending library, but Oakland has one. Berkeley has one. I imagine San Francisco must have one somewhere. Um, where you can go and borrow tools. So I went and I got a drill, a drill bit that goes through metal and a big strong drill. And I got it home and I drilled my hole and I was so happy. And then the little piece of hardware that this was all about putting a hole in this little piece of hardware, it snapped. Oh, goodness. Okay. (laughs) Um, And then the other big thing today is we are doing a pre-Independence Day, uh, Frederick Douglass Day, they're calling it, celebration. That'll be this afternoon at four o'clock. Yeah, and you're going to be, be Frederick reading... Douglass. Hmm? What's that? You're going to be Frederick Douglass. I will be reading, yeah, Frederick Douglass's What to the Slave is the 4th of July. And so that'll be, I don't know. It'll be what it is. Yeah, <laughs> We're doing I... it over Zoom. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never done anything quite like this. I'm like, okay. It's going to be interesting. There's a, I mean, just being a historical buff, that may have been the first time that a sitting president actually spoke to an African-American, you know, on a, right. you know, politically. And I'm sure the conversation was very interesting, not necessarily all that pleasant, you know, probably, uh, thank you so much, but what are you going to do after? And what are you going to do about emancipation? I think he was probably pushing towards emancipation. I don't think oh, Nixon, with Lincoln, this speech, Lincoln was on board. He is yeah. definitely, he is definitely, it's 1852. He's like, independence for who right right 62 right no 52 this this speech is 1852 wow this is before lincoln got became yeah. president yeah yeah wow very very cool all righty well there have been a lot of current events and i'm glad brenna you're on because a lot of the current events have been uh, sort of against women um we've had uh, bill cosby being let out of jail uh, very unprecedented for 
a superior court to reverse a decision by the jury, basically saying, oh, you know, um, we feel that uh, um, Bill Cosby's rights were violated because they brought in the prior uh, testimony of individuals who, you know, um, have been molested. There's that. There's uh, the I don't know. I don't know if you guys are football fans, but the Washington football team, they have been uh, fined $10 million for how they treated the cheerleaders, really oh. almost like prostitutes. And they're, and they're still calling themselves the Washington football team. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, Dan Snyder, $10 million is nothing to him. So right. there's that. And then there's the, uh, the Olympic gymnast. Um, you know, I had this all written down on my laptop, and of course I'm using that. I think her name is Shakali Collins. But she was, she was the 21-year-old uh, who had won the 100 meters. Yeah. But she got caught, I guess, smoking weed. And yep. I don't even know why weed is... Well, it's, and it's medical. Hers is um, she's she's in a state where that's legal. Yeah. Yeah. And she took it because she was uh, I think her mother passed away and yeah. um, she was dealing with that and, yep. you know, other little issues. And it's just ridiculous. And she may be banned from the Olympics. It's, she it's, has been so far, unless somebody overturns it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brent, I'll bring you in. I mean, what do you think? I mean, you know, we've gone so far and I haven't even brought about the vice president, uh, Kamala Harris. There have been several articles that there is a uh, dysfunction within her, um, her administration. And a lot of people look at it as a comment against, well, you, you guys can't handle a black woman in power. You know, if it were a guy. No, it's just deal. the right wing talking point. They did the same thing about Hillary. They did the same thing about Amy Klobuchar. They did the same thing about AOC. And they did the same thing about, I can't remember, one of the Republican women. Yeah. It's just their argument against women. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you have a, an opinion on that? Or do you think that, um, I mean, women have progressed greatly and, you know, the Me Too movement has done great strides, but it sounds like there's more work to be done. Absolutely. There's definitely more work to be done. And another example is uh, Britney Spears. Oh, yes. Right? What's happening with her right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's another example of, controlling women right was there an explanation because i never heard a good explanation for why I, they. i don't know i don't know i haven't heard one either so i don't know but yeah there's definitely lots lots more work to be done <laughs> yeah. yeah well i mean they're attacking britney Spears because you know she had it was hard for a child star you know like you right. i don't know how how when you began brenna doing um theater and musicals mm -hmm. or whatever but the typical child star, you know, uh, women are fetishized for being young and beautiful, and that can be abused so much that you sort of lose your own identity. It's not your identity anymore. And I think that's what happened with Britney. Right. It was a state where she had shaved her head off because she was going through so much stuff. Right. And, yeah. Um, and she and, had the paparazzi. Right. Uh, exactly. Attacking her constantly. Yeah. Everything. Yes. So, mm -hmm. um, and you know, it sounds like her father was like, well, this is proof that she's not in the right state of mind. So therefore we're going to take over. And, um, you know, she can be, I mean, the, the story about the IUD being placed in her arm where right. they're even controlling her ability to have children. Mm -hmm. So it's horrible. Yeah. Controlling women's reproductive rights. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's yeah. really, really bad. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's that. I don't know if there's anything else. Of course, they're still digging up bodies in, um, you know, the uh, the collapsed Florida condominium. Uh, and they're inspecting other buildings as well. So there, right. there's a lot of uh, crazy things going on. Well, hopefully, you know, with Florida, hopefully they're going to actually do not Florida, the whole country. Hopefully this infrastructure bill will go through coming. 
this this is not an outlier. This is happening across the country. This is scary. You know, when Biden first announced the infrastructure bill, a bridge collapsed. I mean, come on, y'all. This stuff is 40, 50 years old. Yeah, it's time. It's past time. Yeah. And it gets into climate change as well, because they uh, I think there was a report that before the building collapsed, there was water collecting uh, within the uh, I guess the ground floor or whatever. So is it climate change? Yeah. Yeah. You know, are are there are we building up so much uh, water uh, because of, um, I don't know, the declining ozone layer that you know, folks in Miami and all, and all of the coasts will have to move. Well, and ocean, yeah, ocean rise, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, with that, let's get into an origin story. Brenna Kimmerly, uh, how did you get involved in theater? Where were you born and raised? <laughs> um, I was born and raised in Yuba City, which is in the uh, northern part of the Central Valley of California. Um, mm-hmm. I usually say it's about halfway between Sacramento and Chico. Um, ah, yeah, okay. so pretty small town. I mean, not not like smallest town of small towns, but definitely not urban. Um, (laughs) um, There wasn't a ton of arts that I was aware of in the community when I was growing up. So um, I started um, singing in fourth grade church choir. Um, That was was where I discovered my love of singing. I went to a very tiny, tiny uh, Catholic elementary school. And so I got to sing in the, 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 Uh, children's choir at the church. Um, So that's where I kind of developed my love of singing. But I was a really shy kid, um, very anxious kid. So um, singing in a choir was a great option. And there wasn't really a lot of community musical theater happening in the area. So that wasn't much of an option. Um, I did my first production when I was, I think I was 15. I turned 16 or something around the time. Um, And that was a production of The Marriage of Figaro. So my first love was really opera. Oh. Um, oh, did you have any opera training? Uh, yeah. So I, and, and I am uh, trained in opera. That's, I got my Bachelor's of Fine Arts in Vocal Performance. Um, I earned that in 2017. So my training is all kind of, it, it's like classical based, but there's um, training in other styles and techniques also that I, that I got. Yeah, we've had several uh, guests come on the yay and uh, like I think Alicia von Kugelgen and also um, a couple of friends that I've had. uh, We did Candide at the DMT, Uh, Jacob Bronson and um, oh, I can't think of the uh, Anna, Anna. um, Oh, I can't think of her last name, but they've been a trend of people who trained in opera. But I don't know, I I really don't know the industry of opera at all, but it sounds like it's a lot easier to get into musicals and transform that training. Instead of doing opera, you can do musicals uh, because you can get more jobs. Yeah, Uh, I think there's more opportunity to do musical theater than there is to do opera. Um, Just in terms of, you know, how many theaters there are that that produce those kinds of of, um, shows, Um, especially in the Bay Area. There's a few opera houses, but not not a ton, you know. Um, so my training is in opera, but I also have training in musical theater and experience in both, which um, I think is, it helps make you a, maybe a more well-rounded performer if you have experience in in lots of different genre. So um, I'm grateful for that training because I think it just makes me a better a better singer. <laughs> yeah, and also an actor. I mean, you, you have actually very good acting talent as well. And uh, I, it surprises me that you didn't have any formal acting training because um, 
well, I just think, you know, working with you and doing Nia, uh, there was some natural talent, just acting talent without even singing that you had, just, you know, just picking up things and just being on stage and reacting to uh, other actors. Uh, did you have any training at all or is that just natural talent? Um, I, I've had some training. I, I went to, when I was in college, I had some acting training. Um, I did Nia right after I graduated. That was the second thing I did right after graduating from college. Um, so I did have some training. I worked with Greg Fritch was my acting teacher at Notre Dame, Dana Muir University where I Oh, did my, I know that spot. Yeah, where I did, that's where I did my, um, my bachelor's degree. Um, and he was he was my acting teacher there. He's also the librettist and director of Circus, which we can come back to later. Cool. Um, but so I had some training in that and um, he's mostly kind of Meisner-ish teacher um, in terms of acting technique. But I think I have, I'd like to think I have some good instincts also on top of that little bit of training that I have. So yeah, I really, really enjoy acting. It's just, it's a happy place for me. Yeah, and it's a nice, I, I would I'll recommend it for, you know, those who sing to have just a little bit of acting training because it's good to have some of those uh, just techniques and the tools uh, to mm -hmm. use, uh, whether it be just uh, the strict stuff like learning how to uh, examine a script, um, learning the beats and objectives and all that sort of stuff right. Yeah. to power your natural talents. Um, do you have any siblings at all? I do. I have an older sister and a younger brother. I'm the middle child. <laughs> um, yeah, my sister is a poet, so she's also an artist. Nice. And yeah. yeah, and she's, I don't, I can't, oh no, I don't know what publications she's been, she's been published a couple of times. Um, wow, cool. Yeah, I can't think of what, her name's Kara, Kimberly, Kara with an H. Um, so you could look her up and, and find her poems in a couple of uh, literary magazines and things like that. She lives in Portland. Um, and then my brother is a scientist <laughs> um so yeah different different types of people in my family it's pretty cool but it sounds mm. like uh, your parents that were have been um uh supportive of you absolutely and, and that's, that's fantastic yeah because a lot of times i know when i went to school my parents were like theater uh, oh. i hope you'll be able to find a job but <laughs> yeah uh, you've been fine it sounds like it's been good yeah my parents always encouraged us to just do what what we loved to just do what made us happy whatever it was Right on. Yeah. Um, how did you discover, uh, because it sounds like after school, did you answer an ad from um, Musical Cafe? How did you know about, um, you know, Nia and the Musical Cafe in general? Yeah, that's that's kind of a funny story. I didn't know about it. Um, I was living in Oakland at the time. I was living with some teachers from college because when I was about to graduate, I was cast in South Pacific at Woodminster. Nice. And yeah, so that was the first thing that happened right when I was I found out when I was at vocal juries, like our final for um, our voice vocal performance class, I found out I was cast and I went to my jury and was like, I got cast, but I don't have anywhere to live. I don't live here. <laughs> so um, my teachers were very generous um, and they offered for me to house sit for them and stay with them for the summer in Oakland. Um, so I was doing that at the time and the teacher that I was living with was is also a performer, um, Jenny Matucci, and she was auditioning herself. So we both, she was like, come audition with me. So I was like, okay. So we we went and auditioned and you cast me. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And yeah. you know, that was my very first time because I've been on the other end plenty of times mm. auditioning and you know making sure that I had my 
my uh, I don't I don't know if, if if it's true for you, Brenna, but when I audition and I know it's a musical, I won't just bring one sheet music, but I'll have like a book of sheet yeah. music because I have no idea what my mood will be or how my voice will be right during the time or what they'll ask me to do. Right. They may ask for a second piece. So you need to have something just in case. Right, exactly. You always have to have a backup. But yeah, being on the other end, that was my first experience, just judging the talent and um, and also the mad you know, race of casting someone before someone else casts someone. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the very first, maybe a couple of hours after you um, auditioned, I think I contacted you because how many other people contacted you? after you did that audition do you remember? I think I think one of the other ones did because there were I, there were four right in the yeah. in the thing and uh yeah I think one other did and they contacted me after you did um oh I was first good yeah you were Yay. first you were really fast <laughs> you contacted me very quickly it was like the day of it was like that evening or the next morning or something Right, right, exactly. Because I knew, well, there are two things, two factors, and I'll bring Norman in because, you know, you've, had, you've casted far more people than I have. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, the mad race of, because when you think, okay, well, yes, I'm going to select you and you're going to be in my show. It's not that simple, you know, uh, as, a, as a director or as someone uh, part of a company, you realize you're in competition with other companies that will try to depending, grab on. Yes, yeah, depending on your timing, absolutely. Right. So Norman, how fast uh, do, do you have like a, a clock in your mind when you audition someone and you're like, wow, I like that person. I better grab that person quickly. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the best management person. So I definitely try to get on top of that. Um, you know, but I don't know. I, I spend more time casting, chasing folks around rather than posting an official audition notice and going through that process. Um, so yeah, for me, it's more, I'm more like beating the bushes rather than trying to sift through all the people that come. When I go to anything like that or do a general, um, yeah, you, you contact people as quickly as you can, but you know, it's, it's also, the problem with the general is the show you may be considering them for might be six months or, you know, longer down the road. So you can get in touch with them now. You never know what people are going to be doing. It's, you know, it's always yeah. a crapshoot. But I will say, um, and it's funny because I have been doing more management stuff and I've sort of transitioned into doing a lot more producing things. And on that side of it is equally nerve wracking. Um, one of our guests, Leticia Duarte, is going to join me for the Eugene O'Neill workshop that I'm doing at the end of the Come month. On. I know I that was, but I've been... Like I, when we finish, I actually have to go on Facebook and go back to all the posts that I put up and edit them and say, position filled. And people don't do that. And it's so frustrating. You go and you audition and then you never hear anything or you put in a, you know, you apply for something and you never hear anything. Like, come on, y'all. You're asking people to put themselves out there. Be, you know, be respectful. Exactly. And Brent, I'll bring you back in because it gets to the business of, of theater where you're not just, you know, some person coming out of school saying, oh, you know, please cast me, cast me, cast me. You may have five other companies that want to cast you and you have to factor in, well, how much are you paying me? And, you know, what does the script involved? And I'll get back to you. Do, do, um, I guess where you taught that in school, it wasn't taught for me in school at all. I had to figure out the business of theater, you know, on the road, you know you know, um, just living. Yeah, I don't, 
I don't know that I really was um, taught like how to weigh the pros and cons of a show. I don't think that was really something that was addressed. Um, yeah, I in, don't think most people do. Yeah, no, I think in terms of like the business of theater, the things that I learned were how to audition, how to make a resume, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, Is it in the back of your mind, though, uh, let's say, you like what how, how do you factor in this is something that I ask all of our guests when you factor in a show let's say someone says hey you know we like you and we want to cast you um do you just automatically say yes or do you talk about money or do you talk about well what is it I'm going to do and as a woman do you talk about well are there things in the show that you know I would um that I don't know are you going to ask me to undress or something like that is there intimacy things going on are those the things that that populate your mind when you consider you know, uh, auditioning or accepting a, a, a show? Um, I, yeah, I think that that depends on on the show. Um, you know, that's kind of a show to show. Do I know the company kind of um, thing? But when when picking like what shows I want to be a part of, I think I tend to look at is this music I want to sing? Are these stories that I want to tell? Are these characters that I think are written well? Um, are they, you know, well-rounded women are they people with a real i don't know human backstory so i think those are are more i i more i think consider the material first um when i'm thinking about what i want to be a part of um yeah, yeah. no that that makes perfect sense um do you have a uh, an agent a lot of folks are uh, joining up agencies and all that sort of stuff have you gotten to that level yet i haven't um that's something that i've thought about but don't even know where to start with <laughs> um so uh definitely something for me to be looking into i think yeah it sounds like you're at the level where you want to build up your resume first you want to and you know you're well on your way you know you've mm -hmm. done that and uh so you've done nia and you've done um what was the other show that you, you um just mentioned i did south pacific at woodminster right exactly that's around the same time as nia yeah i've done a number of things since then um in the south bay area because that's where I landed after um, after school, after that little stint, the two months in Oakland that I did, um, I landed in in the San Jose area. Nice. Um, I was reading up. I was reading up on the Cabrillo stage website mm -hmm. um, about circus. Circus sounds like a very interesting story where I think you're a trapeze artist and you're coming into this company, but there are strange things happening in the uh, the circus. Yeah. With the um, I guess there's there's a love interest that you have, but there's also the ringleader, and it's 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 almost Twilight Zone-ish. I'm not going to get into the details or whatever, but uh, is there's more to meet the eye with circus? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's circus is really really cool. <laughs> um, it's it I I am a trapeze artist and aerialist. My character's name is the Flyer. Um, and mm. she arrives at Coney Island at the boardwalk after receiving a letter, an anonymous, mysterious letter telling her to come. And uh, she shows up. And when she gets there, she meets this weird and mysterious and dark group of performers at the circus. Um, yeah, it's a really cool story. Very, very nice. It, and how's the rehearsal process been? It's uh, now are you guys live or is it strictly on Zoom? So it's both. Um, we're doing a live audience. It's outdoor in an amphitheater. They've built a stage. They've built a platform um, for us to, to perform on. And it's in this kind of outdoor arena area. They have bleacher seats 
in kind of a little half circle shape and then there's some lawn seating and they're selling tickets in pods as far as i know so you mm -hmm. can buy a group and they have them spaced out i'm not sure if they've opened up more since things have opened up more um I, I'm not I'm not sure about that, but there are tickets still available and there are tickets for live streaming as well. So for every performance that we're doing in person, there's also a live stream option. So if you can't be there or you live far away or you don't feel comfortable being in crowds yet, um, there's there's the option to watch it live on online. Very, very nice. And yeah. that, that begins. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry, where's Cabrillo stage? I keep thinking it's down on the peninsula. Is that right? Acton, Acton or Acton? It's in, in Aptos. So it's down Aptos. down in the Santa Cruz area. At Santa Cabrillo, Cruz, it's right. at Cabrillo College. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, very, very cool. And it's cool that, uh, well, I mean, things are opening up and we're actually getting to, you know, be participants. We can actually go into the theater. A lot of, a lot of companies are transitioning to outside uh, theater spaces. Um, but now that things have opened up, well, let me ask you this, Brenna, how, how have you been coping, you know, post, we're, we're getting into post COVID-19, but, you know, numbers are jumping back up again, but mm -hmm. how have you dealt with all of 2020 and the first half of 2021? It's been a journey. <laughs> um, when, when it all shut down, I ended up going back to my parents' house in Yuba City. So I spent the last year there. Um, and I've been teaching online. I have been a, a primary school music teacher during the day for the last oh, three, four years now. <laughs> and um, so I was teaching online at home at my parents' house and wow, yeah, doing okay with that. And then um, when I was invited to do this, asked to come and do this, I was like, yep, I'll be back, I'll be there. <laughs> so I'm back in the area for, for the summer and uh, um, yeah, doing doing rehearsals for that and the whole transitioning back to quote unquote normal um, is is weird. It still feels weird for me. Yeah, but I mean, you've been healthy. You've been. Um, yes, that, yes. that's good. That's good. And yeah, yeah. Um, how hold on for just a second. Um, well, how how. Um, where do you, where, let me ask you this. Where do you see yourself in the future? Do you see, are you getting a lot of uh, opportunities here or do you think of moving on? Do you want to go to, I don't know, New York or LA or whatever? Are you comfortable doing theater here in the Bay Area? Um, I enjoy, I really enjoy theater in the Bay Area. I've had really great experiences, but I think I want to maybe look into going to grad school. I think that's maybe one of my next steps is, is looking into that and uh, seeing where that takes me. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, thought, there, there are a lot of younger folks who are thinking of doing like YouTube or, or other things. Um, have you uh, thought about that at all? I mean, do, do, you, do you want to strictly do musical stuff? Or do you want to do maybe a drama something that has nothing to do with music at all? Yeah, I think I, I think I'd like You're to talking crazy. <laughs> no, I think I would like to just just go into acting just and, and broaden my acting uh, horizons. I feel pretty confident in my music abilities. Like I feel like that's pretty solid as of right now. I obviously I always have more to learn and room to grow and to continue yeah, learning those, and, yeah. and studying. But I think I'd like to um, like to sharpen my my acting chops yeah. a little bit more. Uh, a lot of young folks are uh, their influencers on YouTube and Vimeo and other things like TikTok or whatever. Have you thought about, you know, going into that? 
I don't know that that's for me. <laughs> oh, really? No? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't even have, I'm not even on Twitter. Like, I, I'm pretty behind in terms of of the socials. Um, that's really rare for a young person. Yeah. Person. Yeah, I know. I, I feel, I don't know. I, I just don't know that, that like, the influencer thing. I don't see myself as an influencer. I see myself yeah. more as just a storyteller, you know? Mm-hmm. You're very modest. Very modest. <laughs> Speaking of young folks, uh, Norman, how is uh, Dexter doing? I haven't, I haven't talked about Dexter on the program for a while. Yeah, he's, he's doing okay. He, um, he just had some folks over last night. In fact, I had to straighten up because they wanted to use the futon down here. He had friends stay over. They went out to some house party, mm. came in quiet as church mice. Like normally we hear them stumbling through the house and, you know, and then if they're hungry, the kitchen suddenly becomes very active and didn't hear anything last night. We did not hear them come in. We did not know they were here. But I said, I need the room this morning. Um, he's about to go visit his dad in New Mexico, which means we'll get a little vacation for a couple of weeks. Oh, that's and then shortly after he gets back, he moves into the dorms in San Jose. So like, wow, this is, you know, it's, it's funny to see how the things that happen in your life that make you realize how time is passing. You just sort of go, oh, this is not the way it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. a big one for me is um, my brother just called me yesterday to say that we're putting together a celebration for my parents' 50th anniversary. It's hard to put those numbers in your brain. Like, really? Wow. It has. It has been 50 years, hasn't it? <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, I know. We're, we're a bunch of uh, old stogies, uh, Brenna. <laughs> but I was, I was going to ask you, when did you decide that this was your thing? I mean, you know, there are a lot of folks who get involved in theater because they're in a high school musical or whatever, mm-hmm. or they enjoy singing. But you, you're making it your career. Um, when did you make that decision? I don't... When I was in high school, I was kind of like a... I don't want to say an outcast, but I was, I wanted to be different. And the way that I chose to be different was by being into opera, which is a very weird choice for a high schooler to make. But um, that was what I did. And when I was looking for colleges, the only thing that I looked into was music. And I don't know what the thought process was behind that. I don't know why that was what I did, but that's what I did. And all I, all I looked at was music. And so I don't know if that's when that decision was made. I don't know if it was when I was in college and, you know, really learning for real what what this whole theater industry, music industry was all about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know when it happened. I don't know if there was one specific moment, but it just always, from the moment I figured out how much I loved singing and how much I loved being heard, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I just knew that that's all that I could do. And I'm sure there was a moment where someone said, hey, you have talent. I mean, I remember when it first happened to me. I don't know if it was Church or Duke Ellington where someone was like, wow, I'm just blown away. I do remember. I remember I sang a song. I was in the musical Working. And I was a bit disappointed because I didn't have a lead role. But my uh, my theater teacher gave me uh, this song by a migrant worker in Mexico, Un Mejor Dia Vendra. And I had to sing that. And my father, who is a professional singer, he was blown away. He was like, wow, that was just magnificent. And I was like, wow, did you really like that? (laughs) Um, Did you have that moment, uh, Brenda, where someone's like, wow, you have talent? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I did. If I did, I don't, I don't remember it. Um, 
Ooh, maybe I didn't then. Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it might have I, happened. I, no, I shouldn't say that. There have been lots of small moments where people have given me that sort of encouragement or validation of my talents um, that maybe I don't see. So there have been maybe lots of small moments where that has happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. One compliment that I'll give to you, because I remember doing the auditions for Nia, and I was a very unusual you know, Musical Cafe, they have a lot of individuals who are budding mu musical writers and they have sort of a legitimate style like uh, Joel Knopf and we had him on the A. You know, he writes in a very uh, like uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein style. There is a different, a definite style of musical theater. And this is something that we've talked about with, I think we had um, Carrie and Roscoe on and I think another guest where we talked about the changing for musical theater from like Rodgers and Hammerstein, Rodgers and Hart. And then Sondheim came on and added some personalness to to musical theater. And then um, who who is the um, oh shucks um, he did the Phantom of the Opera. He who's the writer for that? Uh, and uh, cats. I, see, I always think oh. of the other one. I I can't think of the the big one. There's uh, it's, Rupert it's, Holmes did yeah, one. No. Andrew, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Andrew, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Exactly. Yeah. So there's been a transition, and there's been. I guess singers who want to get into musicals, they have to develop a new style. And now with Lin-Manuel Miranda, the child, the style is even different where you could sing, let's say legitimate music, legit style. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have to add a little bit of soul or know the soul, I guess, vocabulary. And now even rap hip hop, you know, if you want mm -hmm. to get into, let's say Into mm -hmm. the Heights or um, Hamilton, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess the the question I have for you, Brenna, is have you developed, a, let's say, throughout the course of your young career, different styles of singing? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that that's important if you're going to be in musical theater because you described all of the different things that musical theater is. You really have to be adaptable and you have to have different techniques to use, you know, different different vocal singing techniques in order to fit the different genre that there is in musical theater now. Um, so yeah, I think I've I've got room to grow in, in a few of the other of the of the different styles, but yeah, I think that it's important to have a lot of different ways of singing. Yeah, and I bring yeah. that up because when I was in the, you know, I was only I was the only black person. Uh, I think the only person of color at all uh, to have been involved in that part of the musical cafe. And I knew that my style of music, which is very soul R&B, you know, a little bit of Stevie mm -hmm. Wonder or whatever. I mean, that was those were the things that I listened to. And so that's how I write. Mm -hmm. And I knew I needed someone. I know I wanted a multicultural cast, but I also wanted, uh, some, you know, everyone to sort of adapt to the style or not be chased away by the style. Mm -hmm. And you definitely had it, Brenna. And uh, there were a couple of other folks who sang, but you know, there was, what's the best way of saying it? You know, I don't want to say sounding black, but, you know, sounding with, you know, with soul and with depth. And you had it because there were, you know, out of the cast that I had of Nia, there were only two that I cast from cold. It was you and Marla Cox. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's her name, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> but the others, the others I knew from, you know, having worked with them beforehand, but I was very, very impressed. Um, it may sound, I don't want to sound, um, what's it reverse racist or whatever but um you didn't you didn't sound white toast i'll put it that way you had soul <laughs> and that comes from you know from what you hear i mean what type of music do you listen to um all types just in general 
Yeah, I listen to all types of music. You know, I grew up listening to everything. My parents have very different musical tastes from each other. So mm -hmm. I think because of that, I was exposed to so many different things. I grew up listening to like 80s R&B and stuff like that from my oh, mom. Right and Oh, yeah. And, and then my dad was, I don't know, a, a mix of lots of things. The Beatles was the kinds of things he liked. So uh, yeah, mm -hmm. just a, a wide variety of lots of different styles. I think that that taught me to appreciate every type of music. Every type of music is good mm -hmm. in some way, you know, and every type of music is, is, I don't know, there's, there's something great about every style of music. So I think it taught me that. Yeah. Appreciation. And, and obviously, you know, what you listen to translates to what you sing and how you mm -hmm. sing and how you interpret it. And I think that's important. Yeah. And uh, Norman, you have different musical tastes as well. I mean, every time you go to the alley, you know, you're using different styles. I'm all over the map. <laughs> <laughs> what type of uh, music did you listen to Norman when you were, um, well, it was one of the things that came up in this conversation with my brother is what music are we going to pick? And he's like, well, the music, you know, that we heard in the car. And I was like, no, because my stepfather loves jazz and my mom pretty much like pop. I mean, she was much more into pop music. I'm like, OK, those two things are they're very different. You know, he's like, I remember like the Eagles were big. And I'm like, I don't think my stepfather wants to hear Eagles. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing I wanted to, to check back with Brenna about. Um, I went to Catholic school through fourth grade. Then we moved to California and that was sort of the end of it. But it sounds like you kind of stayed connected to that. Is that, you know, is faith still strong in your life? No, I wouldn't say so. No, mm -hmm. I was in I was in Catholic school from second grade to seventh grade, I think. Ah, okay. Something like that. So not not my whole not my whole life. When you, um, and then you said Notre Dame and I was like, oh, isn't oh, that a yeah. Yeah, no, I think um, it's funny. I the the elementary school I went to was also in Notre Dame, so um, ah. I, I think that connection for me was more just a a place. I I found a voice teacher that I loved at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had a voice lesson um, at the two schools I was narrowed down to, with a teacher at each school, and that was really what what did it for me. Um, was having a lesson with her. A thing that I loved about. The Notre Dame that I went to was the sisters were on campus and they were very um, community community service. They were an order of oh. community service and uh -huh. teachers. Um, and so I, I, I loved that about the school that I went to. So it was more just about um, a sense of community and acceptance that I got at that school that I went to than anything yeah, else. No, and, I, got and a to, teacher. I got to go there once and uh, do a reading in their in their space, in the mm -hmm. theater space. And I was like, this is a nice program. In fact, the guy and I ended up talking because um, he was very interested in trying to get me more involved. And I was like, I, I live far away, dude. I'm not, this is not a commute I want. Yeah, it's not a good commute. <laughs> one, one question I had for you, Brenna, we've had a couple of women on and they've talked about their experience. As a matter of fact, when we had Marla on, she talked about her experience being a woman and being uh, discriminated against. Um, not only being a woman of color, but just being a woman at all. Have you had to deal with that at all? I mean, have you uh, been, I don't know, a, um, I'm sure you're a member of the Me Too movement, but mm -hmm. have you had any uh, bad experiences either in the rehearsal space or in casting, anything like that at all? Um, I think I'm pretty fortunate. I haven't had many bad experiences, so I'm, I'm very lucky in that sense. Um, I've, had a, I've had a number of, you know, uncomfortable comments made about you know how the costume fits things like that those oh, those are pretty common i think mm. <laughs> i don't know um but i'm lucky i haven't had too many 
major bad experiences, but they're definitely out there. Yeah, 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 most yeah, definitely. They do happen. And I think it's important for us, um, especially us men, we, you know, we don't know these things. So it's when we hear these stories, it reinforces that, you know, there's still work to be done. And also what women have to go through. Mm -hmm. um, and we've had, uh, I think we had Deb Carragher on, she talked about, you know, costume issues and just, you know, the costumer not knowing her body or, you know, just having an image, which yeah. is different from the person who's being cast, mm -hmm. which always uh, perplexes me. It's like, you know, who's being cast. So you have to, you know, make a costume that fits her and that mm -hmm. looks good on her. So, so, so that's good. Um, and we've talked about your future. I mean, are you now you've, you're doing circus now? Are you, do you have anything lined up afterwards? I do. Um, I don't know when it's going to happen um, or, you know, when production is going to start, but I've been cast in a web series called Hard Reset the Web Series. Um, I don't know when we're going to start <laughs> production on that. It's been kind of a long process because COVID shut a lot of it down. Um, so I think that that is, that is still in the works. So be on the lookout for Hard Reset the Web Series. Yay. eventually i don't know when exactly but that's really all i can say about it that's really all yeah. i know about it to be you honest just send us a link send us a link when yeah, you I will. Uh, get more and more into it yeah have you thought about equity at all um i am a membership candidate <laughs> that started when i uh did woodminster but um there has not been a lot of opportunity to to earn those points not in the bay area at least yeah exactly and that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why i'd asked if you yeah. were thinking of moving on um right to to other areas or whatever so you know who knows may, what may happen in the future yeah who knows yeah um now are is there a type of musical that um is there a style i guess style or type of musical that you like or that you gravitate more towards is it more the older older style like rogers and hammerstein or are you attracted to more of the like could you see yourself doing rent or something like frozen <laughs> i think um I think that I like to think that I can do all styles. I hope that I can do all styles. I think I'm drawn. I've been drawn a lot to the new stuff lately, like to to like this workshop, right? Like I have found kind of a, a place where I feel like this feels good. This is like a home place for me. This whole doing something brand new feels mm -hmm. really, really good. Um, I think vocally, I can kind of try and adapt. I really enjoy singing Sondheim. That's uh -huh. a that's a that's a, a style that I really like to do. Patter songs, things that's like a, that. That's really a workout. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing that I'm really loving about this workshop is that it's brand new, mm -hmm. and I think that that's kind of what what I'm finding myself drawn to is working on something new, helping to create something. Yeah. And you, you may have spoken to this, but um, are you, do you continue with the voice training? Yes. Yeah. I have, I still study with the same teacher that I uh, started with at school. Yeah. Uh, Deborah Lambert is my voice mm -hmm. teacher. I've been working with her for years now. Um, yeah. 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 That's really important to me to and, keep and doing you, lessons. And you say you're a teacher. Do you teach just young kids or do you do like, let's say one-on-one uh, -on -one classes with uh, other folks? Um, no, I, my teaching experience has all been primary classroom music. So I was doing, I worked at the Community School of Music and Arts in Mountain View. I was one of their in-school music teachers. So I worked at an elementary school and did all of the, the primary music. So the K through third grade music, pre-recorder right. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pre-recorder music. Right. 
Very, very nice. Yeah. I wanted to get into the, I'm trying to work into a segment where I look onto our Facebook page and there are folks who post things that sure. are of important to them. So um, I'll get back to you, Brenna, but I just wanted to, and also you can chime in as well if you have a hot take. Jocelyn yeah. Prince writes, nice racism is built around a startling claim. White progressives can cause the most daily harm to people of color. We are the ones with a smile on our face who undermine black people daily. Now, is this dealing with, um, I don't know if this deals with theater. I thought this was a, um, well, Jocelyn Prince is a theater person. Jocelyn Prince is a theater person, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but oh, okay, well, I guess nice racism. Okay, so that's, that, that is one thing. Now, let me bring up something Yeah, else. I'm not sure if it's very current. <laughs> I mean, that, that's sort of ongoing. <laughs> that is ongoing and it's something that is still being worked on. But Jeffrey Lowe, he has, uh, he has a write-up in Forbes magazine. Um, nice. Uh, Jeffrey Lowe is a director. He's worked with. Uh, he's a wonderful Philippine Theater writer. Works. Yeah. Um, so Forbes magazine. Uh, he uh, Jeffrey Lowe has a um, a show called Empathy Gym, and here's what Forbes says. But as important as its relevance to its elegance, Je director Jeffrey Lowe uses a spare stage with simple projected graphics to support Tagalog, as he takes us on a lifetime journey from boy to man, to an American icon. And it just talks more and more. But uh, Jeffrey Lowe, he is a, a, a mover and shaker. You yeah. know, every time we have guests He's on the air, I, I have no idea who's going to pop up and who's going to be, you know, a big star or whatever, you know, where people are going. So it's very, very exciting to hear Jeffrey Lowe is, um, you know, he's he's getting the recognition that he deserves. And also uh, one of. Um... Oh, shucks, who is this person? Uh -huh. She moved to Poland, basically. Um, my dream is living on, it's on. I'm sorry, the, it, the thing is cut off. This is bad podcasting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, one of our guests has moved on to Poland. And uh, so we're all, I'm always interested in where are, where people are going and where people are, um, you know, how, how, what new projects people are doing. So this is sort of a, what are they doing right now segment. So. Once I find out who moved to Poland, I'll, I'll, I'll find out. Um, well, I, I can give you one that's current this week. Um, mm -hmm. So somebody that um, Richard keeps pushing that we get Tessa Koenig Martinez on. Oh, sure. Um, major theater artist, uh, Bay Area theater artist, but her mother just died. Oh, no. And her mother is Elizabeth Martinez. She was a writer and activist for Chicano and feminist causes. She was 95 years old and she just died. And I didn't know She's getting, she's written up in the New York Times, Washington Post. There's all kinds, there are displays. Um, I, I, some, somebody took a picture standing in front of a poster where they put up because they'd heard she died. So they put up some of this stuff from her activism. It's huge. I was like, wow. Um, and it's amazing because I've known Tessa for decades. And every now and then she's talked about her mom and that her mom was an activist and you know, if you get into a serious political conversation, Tessa is always very aware. And I never really understood why until now. I'm like, wow, this is this is huge. Wow, very, very cool. I'll ask you one last question. We're hitting into, we're about six minutes away from one o'clock. One last question for you, Brenna. Um, you know, we've had actors who uh, are very excited. They're doing all sorts of cool things in the Bay Area. And then there's some actors who are really frustrated. They're not getting paid enough. Um, gentrification has pushed them away so they can't really find uh, stable jobs or whatever but what is your take on the state of theater are you a frustrated actor are you getting the work that you want um, how are you feeling as, as mm. an actress 
a lot of things, <laughs> a combination of a lot of things. Um, I think that all of those frustrations are very, very much true. They're, they're everywhere, you know, not getting paid enough, if at all, is very real in the Bay Area. Um, absolutely real. Not seeing shows that you want to do, maybe being produced, things like that. But I'm also currently in a place where I am feeling pretty inspired to continue and to keep acting and to keep learning. And, and I think that circus is a big part of that. I'm feeling very, very inspired and really lucky to get to do this. Yeah, yeah, and we'll definitely advertise Circus, and that begins uh, July the 9th. Is it just the 9th through the 11th, or will it be? Will it stay on so that people can watch it? I'm not sure if it's going to stay online. I don't you know? know if it's going to stay online. I actually don't know the answer to that. The live performances are 9th, 10th, and 11th. We have double shows on the 10th oh. and the 11th. Damn. Um, so there's five performances total, and you can live stream all of those five. I don't know that it will be available to watch after the fact, so if you want to see it, I would say um, try and try and do it during that weekend that it's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's uh, Circus Cabrillo Stage. And uh, we will have a link so that you can click onto it and you can get all the information and buy the tickets and you can see the magnificent Brenna Kimmerly. Uh Shout outs, birthdays. Birthdays. Oh, gosh, I'm going to mess up people's names. That's your thing. That's not my shit. <laughs> Catherine Luckenbach um, is somebody I worked with on As You Like It with SF Shakes. Uh, her birthday is today. Um, she was understudying. And it, it always, whenever I see somebody in that position, I've only understudied a few times. It is such a nerve wracking thing to do. Um, and she was very graceful with it. Uh, Wes Lee. Um, is Filipino actor, Bay Area actor. Um, I've worked with him a few times. I really enjoy him. And it was funny because Jeffrey Lowe was doing something with him, I think earlier this year. Uh, Myers Clark, African-American actor, uh, been in the Bay Area for a long time, been doing wonderful stuff. Fontana Butterfield is somebody I went to San Francisco State with. And uh, we just reconnected a few months ago. Um, but I've been watching her career. It's another one of those where we left state and we've been watching each other's careers, but almost no overlap. Um, she has been doing fantastic. She's done a lot of work with shotgun players. Deddy Q is an actress I worked with. It was, I think my first full like working gig um, in Bay Area theater with uh, San Francisco Shakespeare Festival's uh, school tour many, many, many years ago. And I believe she lives in New York now. Uh, Jessica Wadensky, somebody I went to high school with. Um, she was a techie in high school. She became a techie at UCLA. And this week she announced her retirement. So we truly are getting old. My folks are getting old. Uh, Lance Roger Axe, another SF State alum, has been doing a lot of audio theater and audio plays. So if people are interested in that stuff, Lance is your man to talk to. Uh, Gwen Loeb, who we've had on the show. Um, Gwen is an amazing actress. We got to be scene partners in As You Like It a couple of summers ago. And um, her birthday's coming up this week. Uh, Tom Kokenyas is an actor, older actor, somebody who actually got into acting as an older man. And uh, we got to do a show at, it was called the Beverly Hill Playhouse, but it's in San Francisco. It's near Union Square. And uh, an original piece, um, Eva and Emmett. It was it was a gorgeous play about two the parents, 
of two young people who had just died. And that was the first meeting of the parents. He played the other parent, the other father. Wonderful and great sense of humor. The play did not have a great sense of humor. Um, Tom was constantly cracking jokes off stage. Um, I'm going to leave this one for you because I'll bet you have it for sure. And then the last one I have is Angela Wellman, another theater, um, Bay Area theater person, African-American woman. Um, our paths have never directly crossed, but we keep kind of hearing about each other. So those are the ones I have. Those are the birthdays I, shout outs I have for this week. And my list is uh, pretty quick. Um, I think you left this for me uh, today. Don Monique Williams, the associate director, artistic director at um, Aurora. And yeah. she's directed me twice and she's done some wonderful work. Um, I remember working with her at Town Hall Theater. Her birthday is today. Um, also, I think you left this for me on July the 6th, Aureen Almario, who is the artistic director at Bindlestiff Studios. Mm -hmm. And she's there raising money for Bindlestiff and Bindlestiff, we've talked ad nauseum about the wonderful work that they do there. So happy birthday, Aureen. And uh, you mentioned Gwen Lowe. Do I have one more? Yes, one more. You do have one more. <laughs> of course I do. Michael Dorado. Yeah. And his birthday is uh, July the 8th, a fantastic Philippine actor. And he was, of course, in our uh, play Foreman in Paris. And he's done so much stuff. And uh, I think I've worked with him for since 2011. And I'm sure you've worked with him, Norman, for well, even longer and so than that. that. Is that where that picture is from? Did you see that picture pop up in Memories on Facebook this week? Um, the picture of the three of us. And I think it might have been 2011. Yeah, I took that picture. Yeah, that was yeah, immediately that after was, Stories High. So yeah, that and I I didn't realize it was so close to his birthday. Yay. Yeah, really, really cool. All right, so that's it. Um, shows, of course, we're going to push Circus Circus, Cabrillo Theater, and we'll have that. That's July the 9th through the 11th. Did you have any other shows, Norman, that you want to um, I've got this thing I'm doing today in just a few hours, so I'm going to put the link in the chat right now. And, um, and then the other thing is just a call out that I've been bumping for the Eugene O'Neill thing that I'll be doing. Um, I'll be doing a workshop with high school students, theater students. This isn't for, if you don't have theater experience, this is not for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for actors and writers uh, for Eugene O'Neill. We'll be doing this workshop July 21st through August 1st. It's a 10 day workshop. Our young writers will write new pieces. Our actors will rehearse them and then perform them on the final day. And like I said, Leticia just joined me as our writing coach. So. I'm, I'm thrilled about it and I need to get the word out. It's eugeneoneal.org is the, uh, the website and the application is like, I, I had to check to make sure I had the, email, the uh, website right. And the first thing on the first page is like student application. I'm like, thank you. Please get this. And uh, I've uh, the only other thing, only other new show that I have, Plethos is doing Elephant and Piggies. We are in a play. Yeah. I think it's a play designed for kids. So uh, that'll open up July the 10th. Um, it says 11 a.m. Um, wow, 11? Yeah, because okay. it's a kid's show. Yeah, I guess so. So yeah. that'll be going on. And uh, so I always want to promote what Plethos is doing. And uh, I've talked about Quickfire Monologues. That's still going on. And I've talked about uh, Shake's Pod. Um, that's still going on. I don't have my sheet on me because I'm using the laptop. Uh, but in any case, we'll have those links uh, on our at the bottom and of I our think, thing. And I think this is the final weekend for the SF Playhouse show. I, I I saw, I actually went online to look at tickets. Tickets are 40 bucks. I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. How, do I really need to see this show? Yeah, yeah. But I'm curious about it. Yeah, so we'll see. Brenna, did you have a good time today? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, and thank you for coming on. I was like, 
July the 3rd, can I really get somebody? And you were like, yeah, let's do it. So yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, I encourage everyone to, uh, to check out Circus um, at the Capitol stage. And even if you can't get there, you can uh, click on the link and stream the show and you will see a fantastic show. Uh, as always, uh, you're probably watching this on YouTube. So we wanna thank you for those who are watching us on YouTube. They are actually a comment. And I've got to, uh, for those who write comments, I'll be sure to give you a shout out. But in any case, like, subscribe, give us a thumbs up. Tell us what oh, you like. Oh, somebody, what you don't somebody like. gave us a comment on YouTube. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can pull, I can pull it up, but it's going to take me a while. But Damn. thank you, thank you so much. In any case, um, yeah, you know who? Uh, I can't remember, and I'm not even going to try to. But in any case, thank you so much. Um, if you're listening to us on uh, the podcast, we're on Spotify, and we're on that uh, purple app that you, uh, the podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. If you're an Android user, you can use the SoundCloud app or just go on soundcloud.com. As always, the EA was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. We have the Yay 3 that's our, you know, that's our uh, Instagram. Is that Instagram? No, no, that's, that's um, uh, no, no I, I'm not managing the Instagram. I'm managing the Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Yeah, the Yay3, that's our Twitter feed. Uh, you can also find me at Red Space Clay. And I'm at Who's Your Hoosier. Brenna, do you have at least a uh, Instagram? I know people can find you on Facebook, but uh, is there anywhere else that people can reach you? Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. My uh, name is just my name, Brenna Kimberly, all one word. <laughs> so cool. You can find me there on Instagram. Right on. So if anyone is looking for a fantastic actress and singer, you can't go wrong with Brenda Camerley. You can hit her up and find out what other shows she's doing. That's it. It is uh, 104. It's a one beautiful day. Once again, happy Independence Day. Happy Fourth of July. And uh, as Norman and I always say, we got to find, find a better, better sign off. And we are out. <laughs>